0: Come on, I dare you to proclaim victory in your life right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And that even just God's spirit alone won't give you the victory, if I can say it this way. But that you have to apply something with the spirit added to it. Listen, I'm reminded that during this season that there are many People in church who are, if I could say it this way, they're in the off-season. They're they're just waiting for church to get back to normal. They're they're sitting around and, and, and not actually growing through the season, as Pastor would say, but they're they're going through the season. But it was impressed upon me that in football, when I played during high school. During the off-season is when we had two-a-days. It was during the off-season, Brother Perry, that we put in the most work. So that when the season came around, we were prepared and ready for every battle and every challenge that we had to face. I believe that God is calling this church, he's calling this people, to a season of two-a-days. He's calling us to grind. He's calling us to grow. He's calling us to put in more work than we would have ever put in the regular season. And so I want to challenge us in this time. I want to challenge you in this season. Let's grow. Let's grow. And let's see what God is going to do. On the other side of this pandemic when when everything goes back to normal you're going to be able to tell which churches we're putting in the time hallelujah and so god has called us to that i truly believe it we're going to be going to the book of ecclesiastes today i believe that god he as far as these 2 days something that he wants us to focus on is what I'm going to be preaching today, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, I know that this is a book that is not preached out of uh, often, but to me it's a good sign when I hear a pastor come out of Hosea and Obadiah and Philemon and Jude, it lets me know that he's reading his Bible, Amen. We hear a lot out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but we got 66 books in the Bible to preach out of. Uh, I don't know if you guys feel like me, but I want to hear about all 66. And so today, again, we're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And we're going to be reading verses 13 through 16. I'm going to let you find it. Verses 13... 16. It reads as follows. This is Solomon, King Solomon speaking. He says, this wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it. He surrounded the city and built great bulwarks against it. He planned on capturing the city, destroying it. It says, now there was found in the little city a poor wise man. Somebody say poor wise man. And he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Delivered the city, but nobody remembered them. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. Again, I want to focus on that last portion of scripture. Solomon said that the poor man's wisdom is despised. It's worthless in the ears and minds of those who listen to it. And his words are not heard. Romans 12, it speaks, and we're not going there, but Romans 12, it speaks about how through God's grace, he has given us all a measure of faith. And so today I would like to preach from this title, A Measure of Influence a measure of influence. If you could already, pray with me once again, and let's ask God to continue to move in this service today. Father, Lord, we thank you right now, God. We thank you for your spirit, Father, that we feel in this atmosphere. Oh, Lord God, we believe that you have come, Lord God, from people who have seeked your face People who desire your word, they desire your kingdom to grow, Father. You have come and you have acknowledged their prayers and their desires. And so, Lord, here we are here right now, Lord, wanting your word, wanting your direction. And I would pray that today, God, that you would use me to speak to this congregation, Father, to this body of people, Lord. I pray that I would be moved out of the way and that our hearts would be open to receive in this season, Lord God, what you have called us to do, Father so that when we come out on the other side, we will be well-equipped, O oh Lord. We will be ready for the harvest, Lord God, for the field is ready. And so we thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. One more time, let's, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Influence. What is influence? Influence is the ability to affect or change how someone behaves or thinks. It's your ability to reach people. And whether you believe it or not, everyone in this room has a measure of influence. Some of you may not have as large measure of influence as others but the truth still remains. We all have a measure of influence. We need to understand that influence is very powerful. It's a powerful thing to have because the more influence you have, the more you are able to encourage people to do what you want them to do. How many people want? people to do what you want them to do. Amen. Ain't nobody going to raise their hand. <laughs> but it's no surprise to me that one of the top selling self-development books of all time is titled entitled, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The author of the book, Dale Carnegie, he wanted to influence people so badly that he changed his, the spelling of his last name to the spelling of that of the richest man in the world. His idea behind this was uh, as he did his seminars if people thought he was related to the richest man in the world his business seminars will explode and lo and behold they did. People would come to the seminars because they thought he was related to this richest man and who wouldn't go to a seminar? A business seminar, leadership seminar with the knowledge of the richest man in the world. Not only do people desire influence, but social media outlets. They will pay large sums of money to those who have great influence. I googled the top paid social media influencers, and to my surprise, they are getting over $1 million per post that they post on Instagram. I don't know if you heard me, I said the top influencers on Instagram, for every time they post something that advertises a product, they get over one million dollars. What a role that influence plays. And while there may be a debate about who the most influential person in the world is right now, but I'm sure back in 1950 BC, 1950. Uh, before Christ, 950 years before Christ was born, there was no question who the most influential person on the planet was. His name was King Solomon. I don't know if you know about King Solomon, but this was a man that in my early years of uh, of being a Christian, I used to pray that God would give me dreams about him. To, To me, he was just the most interesting character because... The Bible says that he was wise. Not only was he wise, but it says that he was rich. And then he had the nerve to even look good. He was wise, rich, and handsome. And I'm just asking the Lord for one. (laughs) And so I would ask God, I said, Lord, let me see him in action in a dream. I, I just wanted to see how he operated. What would it be like to be the richest man in the world, to be the wisest man in the world and be handsome? This man had influence. The Bible says that he had 700 wives and that he had 300 concubines. That means he had a thousand women. And so he probably seen one woman each day and even if he didn't do that, it would take over three years. This was a man of great influence. He was not only the richest, wisest man on the planet, but he was a judge. The Bible says that he, he wrote poetry and he wrote songs and he even wrote books in the Bible that we read today. And one of those books that he wrote, that he wrote was the book that I came out of today, the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, I want you to understand that the, pers- the purpose that he wrote this book uh, was because he wanted to understand everything on earth. Bible says that he wanted to understand everything under the sun. A man who was free of time. He had all the money that he wanted to, could go any and everywhere. Nothing could stop him from doing what he wanted to do. He says he wrote this book because he wanted to figure out how everything on earth worked. And he had come to the conclusion that it was just a waste of time. He said, you can never figure it out. He says, it's the equivalent of chasing the wind. It's, it's like trying to catch the wind. One way, one day the wind is blowing this way and the, the next is blowing this way. He said when he tried to understand everything on earth, he said it was too confusing. He, it didn't under, it didn't under, he didn't understand it in his mind, couldn't wrap his mind around it. And in chapter 12, verse 13, he comes to this conclusion. He says, everyone, let us hear this conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep all his commandments. He says after trying to understand everything, after indulging in every type of pleasure, using his money, using the women, using his riches, it says that he said just fear God. And keep his commandments. Now I know there are some of us in this room right now. And we believe that if we were billionaires or trillionaires. And if we went and went all these vacations. That we can have fun in life. But Solomon said that all these things were like chasing the wind. That after a while he would get bored. And he would get tired. And he would go back to trying to do other things. And I want you to understand that when you do this and indulge in the flesh. It only leads to worse things. It doesn't lead you to the Spirit of God, but it leads you farther and farther away from God. And so, in his pursuit to understand everything, there were three things I want to discuss today that Solomon, he just didn't understand. He couldn't, he couldn't get it. Ecclesiastes 9, 11, he says, I observed something under the sun. He says, the fastest runner doesn't always run the race. Makes sense that the fastest person would always win the race. He says, the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. How is that, David and Goliath? He says, the wise, the smart, they sometimes go hungry. God, I don't understand this. He says, the skillful are not necessarily wealthy, and those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. He said, it is all decided by chance and by being in the right place at the right time. Solomon, who had all this influence, he was a judge, and so he's seen many people. He said, I've seen the strong defeated. He said, I've seen the wise, poor, unable to eat. He come to the conclusion that everything is by chance that being at the right place, at the right time. Basically, what he was saying is the owner of Amazon, Jeff Bessos, if that's how you pronounce his name, if he was born in the time of King Solomon, he would not be the richest man in the world. He just happened to be born in a time where Amazon is of great demand. The second thing that Solomon, he just he just couldn't understand is found in Ecclesiastes 8.10 and he says, I have seen wicked people buried with honor. Yet they were the very ones who frequented the temple and now they are praised in the same city where their crimes were committed. He says, I've seen funerals where people who destroyed the community are now being praised at their funeral. He says, I've seen the righteous treated as if they were the wicked and I've seen the wicked treated as if they were righteous. It's like chasing the wind. God, I don't understand why this happens. But the last one that I want to focus on today is our key verse in Ecclesiastes 9 and 16. Solomon, he just didn't understand how a poor man with wisdom would be despised and not heard. Again, he didn't understand how a poor man would be able to give you advice. You wouldn't take it. But if a rich man gave you that same advice, you would probably take action. I have to be honest, when I read this verse a couple weeks ago, it disturbed me. I remember I was reading and I leaned back in my chair and I said, man, the poor, the words are not heard. And me going spiritual with it, I said, Lord, they wouldn't be good witnesses. The poor wouldn't be good soul winners. Why? Because people are not going to hear their words. They don't, they don't care about what life has brought them through. They don't care if they've tried every other religion and have come to the conclusion that Christianity is the faith that we must follow. But because he is a poor man, his words will not be heard. And I began to think about it and I began to pray about this. I said, Lord, this can't be so. And that's when God, he began to tell me that everyone has a measure of faith. Some people have a big measure of, I'm sorry, of influence, and some people have a small measure of influence. Our influence is the group of people that we can impact, and God, he assigns it to you. It's, It's just by chance. You don't get to choose how influential you are. It's just a position that God has put you in in this time and in this season. Some people have great influence and some people not so great. To me, it would only make sense that Peter would have had the most influence in the Bible. You would think he walked with Jesus for three years. He walked on water. he seen miracles, signs, and wonders. The, The Lord gave him the keys to the church, but he didn't have the most influence. We find that Paul, not Peter, but Paul, Paul wrote 13 books, 14 books in the Bible. Paul went and started all of these churches. Paul had more influence than Peter, but Peter is the one that had walked with Jesus Christ. Listen, I don't want you to get discouraged in this place today because my goal is to encourage you to use your measure of faith. But again, I want you to understand to whom much is given, much is required. To those of you who have a great influence, listen, God is requiring you to use that influence. He doesn't just want you to walk around and boast about being popular and being rich and having authority in your life, but He has given you that influence so that you can use it for His kingdom. God has given us all a measure of influence. But I want to tell somebody who feel that you don't have any influence, you feel that you're not connected with anybody, God has still required you to use that influence. I asked God to show me in the Bible where someone who didn't have much influence made a great impact, and he led me to 2 Kings 5, and it reads and it says, Now Naaman, who was the captain of the host of the king of Syria, It says, Naaman was a great man with his master, honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He also was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Mighty man, but he was a leper. He couldn't hug his wife, couldn't hug his children, because the disease was contagious. He would lead his country in victory in battle, But because he was a leper, he had to stay in a separate house from his wife. Mighty warrior. It says in the Syrians, they had gone out by companies. And they had brought away captive out of the land of Israel. Somebody say a little maid. Little maid. The word little in this phrase, it means insignificant, unimportant. Maid means a female servant or a younger girl. So they took captive a influential little girl no type of influence she's just a slave I'm gonna give her to my wife and have her cook for my wife and and clean my wife's house this is what Naaman did with this little girl and so imagine this little girl working in this house and the husband Naaman he never comes home and the mother confines in her and says I wish my husband was here I just wish I could spend some time with him And we find in 2 Kings verse 4 that the little girl says, Well, listen, back in Israel, my God, if he just goes and see the prophet, he can heal him of his leprosy. The, the, The little influence that this little girl knew, if I can say that the Sunday school lessons, the things that she was learning in her household. She didn't have a big voice, but, but, but the place where she was able to use her voice. She said, I, I know somebody back at home, and I know you guys have us in bondage, but if, if Naaman goes back to Israel, my God can heal him of his leprosy. This little maid influences the wife, and the wife tells her husband, go back to Israel. And he goes back. And he sees the prophet Elijah. And you can imagine the anticipation that is on his face. Listen, it's a little maid girl. I know you don't know her by name. She has no influence. She's not the daughter of a king. Just a little old street girl that we found. Thought she'd be a good fit for my wife. She told me if I come and see you, that I will be able to be healed by your God. And Elijah told this man Naaman to go dip in this water seven times, and lo and behold, he dips seven times, and the Bible says that he comes out with his skin like a baby's. With skin like a baby's. And I want you to hear what it said in verse 15 of chapter 5 in 2 Kings, because Naaman, who, who was the army's general, it says, and he returned to the man of God after his skin was cleaned. He returned not only himself, it says, but the company of his men. This was not something that was only witnessed by name himself, but the soldiers that were taking with him, they seen this miracle. And so they go back to the man of God, and it says they stood before him and said, behold now, There is no God in all the earth, but in Israel, this little maid who has no influence who has little influence she used what she knew and she spoke to the people who were in her reach and now we have naming the army's general and all of his soldiers who are saying there is no other God than the God in Israel listen God wants me to tell somebody I don't care how young you are I don't care how old you are I don't care if your background is messed up use your influence to reach the people so that they can be included in the kingdom of God listen God he wants us to go into overtime he wants us to go into two a days it's time for us to start reaching our co-workers it's time for us to start reaching our schoolmates. it's time for us to start reaching this community because it's more people who will say that there is only one God and his name is Jesus Christ come on give God a round of applause We serve one God. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. But how will they do it if they don't know who he is? We have to use our influence. I said we have to use our influence. I know some of you, you may say, but what do I say? Uh, I I don't know the gospel that well. I don't know about the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I, I don't have the confidence to preach the gospel to somebody else. I want you to do with this little girl. I want you to do what she did. She said, hey, if you just go to Israel. (laughs) Hey, if you just go to church. Hey, listen, I go to this church up there on the hill by the golf course. I know you don't know the address. It's on 38th Street. Nobody knows where it's at, but but Salky Golf Course, everybody knows where that is. Listen, if you just go to that church, listen, there is a God in that place, and whatever problem you have in your life, that God will solve it. Listen, you don't have to say too much. You don't have to go into great details. Just invite somebody to church. Go to the Refuge Church. That's where God is. Hallelujah. 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 But I want you to be aware, because if you don't use your influence, you will most likely be influenced. Uh, when God's people were in captivity, Jeremiah 15, 19, it says in the New Living Translation, God says that if you return to me, I will restore you so that you can continue to serve me. It means I'll bring you back to Israel. He says, if you speak good words rather than worthless ones, you will be my spokesman. You must influence them don't let them influence you he says even though you're in the town of captivity you're not supposed to be there you're only there because of the sin that is in your life he says don't be influenced by the gods that they worship don't be influenced by the things that they get involved in he says your job is to influence them I want you to tell them about me I want you to tell them about this God of Israel and that's exactly what that little girl did we have to influence and not be influenced this is the reason that Jesus was able to eat with sinners why because the sinners weren't influencing Jesus Jesus was influencing the sinners and so we have to be careful when we're hanging out with people and we don't have a measure of influence that will influence them one of the saddest stories in the Bible King Solomon I mean he had more power more authority more influence than anybody in the Bible. His time was called the Golden Age, no war. These 700 wives that he had, it was wives from different nations. He would marry the king's daughters to create peace. He would say, Brother Andy, listen, let me marry your daughter. I don't want to marry, her. I'm just telling you what Solomon, I don't know him. But he said, I want to marry your daughter. And so he knew that as long as he was married to your daughter that you wouldn't fight against his nation because you wouldn't kill your own daughter. Why would you fight against your daughter's nation? And so he had 700 wives. He was going to Russia. He was going to Germany. He was going to Turkey. Hey, listen, I want to marry your daughter. I want to marry your daughter. You can't say, no, I got all this money. I can put them in their own house. I'm so wise. I know how to do everything. And they gave their daughters unto him. And he had so much influence. But here was the problem. They worshiped other gods. And we find in the Bible that as Solomon is becoming an old man, he wasn't spending enough time with his wives. He had too many. His wives are by themselves worshiping their own gods in Israel. And they influenced him And Solomon begins to worship these gods that he's brought into these nations. The greatest influencer on the face of the planet because he wasn't being careful is now worshiping other gods the God that came to him in a dream and asked him for anything. He said, you can have anything that you wanted. That God, he stopped worshiping him because other women had influenced him to worship their gods. You got to be careful who you let in your circle. You have to be careful who you let around you. Come on, you have to go with purpose. You got to have purpose in your friends you have to have purpose in those people at school because before you know it you won't be coming to church anymore before you know it you'll be believing in another God before you know it you'll be an atheist and you'll wonder whatever happened to my life we can't allow people to influence us but God has called us to win souls and I won't be before you too much longer but Matthew 4 and 19 I want you to really take a look at this verse. Jesus, he is, he's calling his disciples. He's picking them out. He says, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. It says that he goes unto Peter and Andrew who are fishing on a boat. They're, they're, they're at work right now. And I want you to picture this. He, he goes to the water and say, Andrew, Peter. Listen, this is the Peter. The apostle Peter he wrote first and second Peter this powerful man the Bible says in Matthew 4 19 and he said unto them follow me and I will make you fishers of man I want you to catch this he said follow me and I will make you fishers of man he didn't say follow me and I'll send you to heaven He didn't say, follow me, and you'll make it into eternity. He didn't say, follow me, and I'll bless your life. He said, but one of the primary characteristics and one of the primary roles of you following me is I'm going to make you fishers of men. Listen, your responsibility is not just for yourself. Your responsibility is not just for your household. But God says, I'm going to make you fishers of man. I'm going to show you how to bring people into the kingdom of God. Now listen, this doesn't sound interesting to me. Listen, when I was 19 and I heard the gospel, all I cared about was hell? Oh no, let me go over here. But, but, but if the preacher would have preached, the doors of the church are open. And if you get saved, I'll teach you how to save people. I'll teach you how to lead people to Christ. Listen, that would not have appealed to me at all. But through maturity... And through growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ listen we don't just care about ourselves we understand brother Perry that our duty pastor Brown is to focus on other people It's people who need that gospel just like you it's people who need miracles just like you there are people out there whose lives are in shambles because they don't know who Jesus Christ is and God has called you that when he saves you Your life. You are supposed to go and bring other people into the kingdom of God. Listen, what are you doing? When was the last time that you've encouraged somebody to come to church? When was the last time that you even spoke to somebody about God? God says it's it's double. It's just two days now. He says, we have to focus. We have to get involved. Listen, you need to make it your daily routine. You need to place it on your calendar that I have to talk to somebody today. You need to make it on your to-do list that I have to invite somebody to church today. Because this is what the kingdom of God is about. It's easy when we surround ourselves by people who do the same thing because what happens is if we don't, we find ourselves getting attached to the things of this world. We're so focused on the homes that we want and we're focused on the cars and, and our careers and we throw a soul winning just out the window. We throw it out the window. But listen, I was encouraged by one of my good friends, Marquise, and you'll see him here every now and then, but I was encouraged... Because he has a moving business. And so sometimes when he, this was years ago, when he was unable to do a job, I would do a job for him. And so I would go and I would pick up their workers. And sometime in the day, I was trying to apply this principle and use my measure of influence. And so I would, maybe we were driving away from doing the job. And I would say, hey, where you going to church at? See, because that's my opener. I make them think that I'm expecting to go to church. Hey, where do you go to church at? And 90% of the time, I don't go to church. And that leads me right into what I want to say to them. But I found that with my my buddy, every time I would ask them that and try to get to talking about Christ, they'd say, "Uh, what's his name, Marquise? Uh, Yeah, he talked to me about that last week. I mean, every single worker. I never met a worker that worked for my friend, and I tried to witness to him after Marquise had witnessed, uh, after Marquise had been with him, and he had not spoken to them about the gospel of Christ. Listen, if I approached your family, if I approached your friends, and I asked them about Christ, would they say, Sister Brown, that you spoke to them already about it? How many people are in your reach? How many people are in your circle? that you haven't spoken to about Christ, because he's given you that influence for a reason. Hallelujah. Come on, we need to pray right now. Oh, I think some people need to make a new covenant with God, that we will not begin to—we will not— Focus solely on ourselves in the name of Jesus come on lift your hands right now in the name of Jesus Christ Father we repent in this place God for making it all about us Lord God I am sorry Lord that I just focused on myself that I only cared for myself but Lord in the name of Jesus Christ I want to be a soul winner I want to be a fisher of men come on I need somebody to make a covenant with God right now that no more will i go throughout the day without focusing on the kingdom no more will i wake up in the morning and just focus on my job but my responsibility is to win souls is to grow the kingdom is to encourage people into the body of christ come on let's begin to pray right now listen this is the altar call right here hallelujah lord god i pray that your spirit that your anointing would fall upon the Refuge Church. God, that whether it be little measure of influence, whether it be a big measure of influence, God, I pray that this church will use the influence that you have given them. God, you're not asking us to go above the measure that you have given us. God, you're just asking us to use what you have blessed us with. God, as some of us have been given the ability to communicate, some of us have been given the ability to study and read your word. Allow us to use these gifts and these talents, God, to lead people to Christ. It's all about your people, Lord God. It's all about your people. If you could stand with me right now. Hold glory to God. Stand with me. I want us to make a covenant in our hearts between you and God right now as they play this music I want you to make a covenant that you will be about God's business I want you to ask God to make you a fisher of men listen there is no greater gift than to winning people to Christ I guarantee When we get to heaven, I don't care how much money that you've accumulated, I don't care how much popularity that you've had on earth, the one thing that will matter are those that you've influenced and they are in heaven with you. Right now, let's make that our covenant. Let's ask God to do that for us here in this place. I'm going to close my mouth and I just want you to talk to God for a second. God, I want to use my influence. God, I want to be like the little maid in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's let's make that our prayer right now.
1: is to be what you've called me to be. I will be what you've called me to be. I'll say yes